Did you know that the familiar yellow smiley face was created in 1963? It was originally designed to increase employee morale at an insurance company. Hello, Action Taker. Welcome to Live Blissed Out, a podcast where I have inspirational and informational conversations with business owners and subject matter experts to help you get the scoop on a variety of topics. Tired of hesitating or making decisions without having the big picture? Want to be in the know? Then this is the place to go. I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping you achieve bliss through awareness and action. So let's get to it. In this episode, Vernon Brown talks about how you can achieve happiness. With over 15 years experience as a trainer and coach, Vernon is the happiness and success coach. He shows entrepreneurs how to leverage happiness to become more successful, strategic, and influential, both personally and professionally, scaling business to six figures in six months or less without sacrificing personal time. Happiness is a gift and a tool we were shown during childhood, but forgot as we got older. Let's remember it together. Happy is the way. Visit whatsyourhappy.com and ownyourhappy.com to learn more. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Vernon, welcome to the show. Marissa, thank you so much for having me here. I've been really excited to be speaking with you. Oh, me too. I so enjoy our conversations and I'm looking forward to this one. What exactly are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about this elusive specter that you hear so much in headlines about called happiness and how you can achieve it, what you can do to balance things out and how you can practice it in your everyday life so it can affect your energy, so it can affect your dietary choices and also how it can affect your confidence. Yeah. And, you know, happiness is such a big word because it means something different to everyone. And it's something that I think universally we all go after. Well, of course, we all want to be happy, but what exactly does that mean? And when we say we want to achieve it, it seems easier said than done. That is a thousand percent correct because it does mean something. Happiness is different for each person, right? Because there's different methods that each person or, you know, uh, ways of approaching it that can make you happy that might not make me happy, but it will make you happy and vice versa. And many other, you know, ways of stretching it out there. Whatever your happy is, if you like ride, driving race cars, if you like ziplining, if you like knitting, crocheting, if you like cooking like I do, whatever that happy is, it's about the energy that gets created by you doing that happy and focusing on it. So it's not necessarily the vessel upon which it arrives, but once it gets there is what it brings you. That's what happy really means for me. I got closer to happiness, it seems, when I was more self-aware and also true to myself. At the same time, we as individuals have obligations. You know, we have people that care about us, that want to spend time with us, for example. And they think that by putting us in a situation that they enjoy, that that is going to bring happiness to us. But the reality is we're all different. Your friends call you up. They all want to go out and party at night. And that's not your thing. And then you feel obligated to do these things because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You want them to know that you really appreciate that they thought of you and that you care about them. But the reality is that's not what brings us happiness. And I think we all find ourselves in those types of situations where we're trying to be somebody that we're not because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. So how do we balance our lives in a way where we can still be who we love to be, enjoy the things we enjoy while not making people feel alienated or unappreciated? 
This is such a great example, and it's something that a lot of persons struggle with. And no matter when your listeners are listening to this, this is going to apply. I love this question because it immediately makes me think of the quote, to thine own self be true. And it's about, as you said, when you're right on the money, it's about being aware of what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. Now, the big thing that I'm always talking with many smart, capable people about, many persons who are listening and many persons like yourself, is you have to establish boundaries. Now, boundaries, some people are like, oh my gosh, that's a confrontation. No, it's a simple conversation. In many cases, it's kind of the preamble that you say right before you let people know what's going to work best for you. Because it's important that, sure, you love your friends, you love hanging out with your family, you love different things, but it might not be the right moment for you. Maybe you could just be in one of those times where you just feel like, I'm just not into it right now. You just don't want to, for whatever the reason is. It's about being able to say with power and authority, hey, is there any chance that we can do this next time. I'm kind of tied up right now. Could we try something next week? But to put down some sort of a boundary is important because it's not just letting them know, hey, I'm not feeling it or things like that, which you can decide if you want to to share that with them. But many, the big thing for me is it's being so true that if you're not feeling it, let people know. It does not hurt their feelings. I like that because the thing is, sometimes we are not honest with people because we don't want to hurt their feelings. And it could be something as simple as, let's say your friends invite you out to have dinner and you're not comfortable driving at night. It's just as simple as saying, listen, I really want to spend time with you, but I'm not comfortable driving at night. Would you be open to picking me up perhaps? And then I'd be happy to go. And sometimes we're not having those conversations. I don't know. I think communication is so basic and yet it seems to be the thing that people struggle with because it's hard to say no. And we don't want people to dislike us because we're different or perhaps we have different boundaries from what they have. Yeah, absolutely. When we are younger, it's, you know, you want to be around people and it's not to say that goes away. You tend to be more aware of your moods. You tend to be aware of some things that could be nagging at you, gnawing at you. So it's a big thing about checking in. That's where the awareness piece comes in. What I've seen in my practice with communication is, is people believe communication means it's going to be some sort of confrontation. It means communication could be some sort of quip or you're being rude to people when you you could be hurting their feelings, when communication is literally communicating what your needs are and what's going to work best for you. And I understand why so many of us don't communicate because we're worried about what could be said, but that's why I'm big on using kind and caring language whenever we are communicating. For example, if you tell someone, I don't want to go out at night, you know, I hate driving, I can't believe that, you know, why would you ask me that? Of course, that's going to be some sort of a conflict. But if you say, hey, look, you know, Alex, Scott, Tommy, Carolyn, what works best for me is if I could be in the passenger seat because I'm not the best at driving at night, I'm not the biggest fan, would that be okay with you? That's communicating a need. But when you kind of wrap it in some very kind and caring language, which is the big thing here, it translates into a conversation where people hear you better. They hear more clearly, even like a town boundary, which I'm a big fan of. Let's make the best use of this 60 minutes. Really, really excited about this because I know this is going to be a great hour. When you say things like that in front of whatever you're requesting, it literally lets people know like, wow, we have an hour or wow, they want me to drive. And it lets people kind of get to a place where they can receive it better, but they don't take it as rude. Yeah. And I'm so glad you pointed that out because it reminds me of before the pandemic hit, 
everybody was expected to meet face to face. So it wasn't uncommon to get asked to meet for lunch or have coffee or whatnot. And even back then, I was already using Zoom because it was just so convenient. It really helped me stretch my time because I wanted to meet more people and connect. And I found myself having to drive back and forth and it took hours in a day just to talk to one person. And I remember back then people were in a way offended because they'd be like, am I not important enough to have coffee or lunch with? You don't want to meet with me? That had nothing to do with it. But it's funny because now what I do is I position it as I respect your time. I want to make sure that you get the most of our time together and also have more time in the day to do the things that matter to you. Would you like to Zoom? So now you're putting it in such a way that it is not perceived as negative. Right. A preamble just like that can take care of things. And, you know, I feel the same exact way. And I love how you said that. Being respectful of your time. Because think about the commute. We both know, and we talked about this, 20 minutes away really means 50 minutes total with traffic and things like that. So that's almost an hour out of your time, which is an hour more that you all could have been talking. So it's framing things, kind of teeing it up to to their benefit. It's not manipulative. It's letting people know what the available options are and what one is really going to benefit them. Sometimes we get so caught up on doing things the way we've always done them, we don't question is there a better way that we could be doing things. Yes. and. The idea of trying to please everyone is just not realistic. I know that no matter how hard we try or no matter how good our intentions are, there are always going to be people that take it the wrong way or differently or are not taking it in a positive way, whatever that may be. In fact, it could be the same situation that you hand to two people and one takes it very positively and the other doesn't. And if you spend your days focusing on that, then you're never going to do anything. You're always going to be worried about what other people are thinking. You need to be true to yourself first and know that as long as you're coming from a place of good intentions, you're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but more you're just being true. It matters because here's the thing. If you put yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable, it'll show. And Who wants to be around somebody who's grumpy or doesn't even want to be there? And on top of that, why would I want to put somebody in a situation that they're not happy being in? So I think you're actually helping the other person by giving them some sort of guide to say, this is who I am. And if you want me to be happy and really want to spend time together, this is where I'm coming from, to be honest about it. Exactly. You explained it very well. When you're being true to who you are, and I call it the true self, and you're doing the things that, you know, really benefit the true self, it doesn't create any worry or stress or frustration. If anything, it frees you up and it allows you to have more mental freedom to not do mental gymnastics. Because now you don't have to think about, well, how can I fake it? Or how can I be peppy? How can I assure everybody that I don't want to talk to people right now, which can be a big farce for you. And people can see right through those things. You made me think of uh, the quote, I believe, by Stephen Covey. We tend to judge people by their results, but judge ourselves by our intention. And the big thing for me is, you know, a takeaway from that is you want to make sure that you're producing a result with a positive intention that does both parties justice. What can happen is by us kind of getting in our head sometimes, and I start second guessing, and you know, when you kind of get that, I should have said syndrome kicks in or what I should have done. All of a sudden, what's the first thing you do? You tend to not to reach for the most healthy food choices. You tend to make some poor decisions, and that can happen because of our attempt to feel better. So a uh, big thing I always talk to people about, like, oh, well, I feel so much better. Yeah, you do. 
because you're being honest and you don't have to worry about how that could carry over into a dietary choice or how that could worry, turn into just feeling guilty or, you know, different things like that. Cause you don't need any more of that. You got enough of that going around. Are you searching for a trusted merchant service provider for your business? SG Associates LLC is your partner for quality payment and merchant service solutions. With over 15 years of experience in credit card processing, SG Associates offers merchants the best pricing, products, and customer service available from a payment and solution service provider. Their number one goal is to save their merchants as much as possible on their credit card processing fees. To learn how they can help you, call one 800 455-5211 or visit sg-associatesllc.com. Yeah. And you know, as you were saying that, Vernon, I was thinking about the fact that we tend to make assumptions of people based on our viewpoint. You could, let's say, be at a restaurant and somebody orders something that you didn't feel was a good choice, for example, for whatever reason, maybe it's unhealthy and you're like, how could that person be eating that? It's so easy to judge other people rather than to say, I don't really know their circumstances. Maybe they're going through some depression right now and this is going to cheer them up. Who knows? We don't know what's going on. I think we need to just step away from that judgment all the time and just appreciate the person for who they are. If you enjoy being around them and you're in the moment and you just appreciate that time with them and just eliminate all that other stuff, I think you'll be able to really embrace the moment and really make the most of the time that you have with the people that matter to you. Yeah. You use such a great word, the word judgment. Because right now in the atmosphere that we're in, there's so much vitriol, there's so much judgment. And I understand maybe some of it, but the big thing here is nobody is going to be fully aware in many cases of what's really bothering them. I've talked to many persons before and they feel like just something's off and they can't even put their finger on it. And things bother people and they're not aware of it, how it could be playing out. So the big thing with judgments is you got to be careful of the expectation that you put on people. Because in many cases, people can't live up to those expectations. They won't. It's impossible sometimes. And so it's just about letting people be who they are and appreciating it. If you like it, then I love it. That's just the way that I am. I'm not going to sit there and try to tell you what to do or what not to do because I don't know all the variables in your life. I can't judge you. I don't judge people. For that very reason. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think it's just happening so much. And I don't know that it's ever not been there. I think we just have a platform now where people can express it more. And so they put it out there publicly. I always say, start with yourself. Think about it. Even when you go shopping or you call somebody for help on the phone, they're not nice. Maybe even their tone of voice or the words they're using are not appropriate at that moment. And you're going, wow, what did I do? I'm just calling them for help and they're not treating me very well. My goal at that point is how do I make them smile or get their mind off it for a moment? Because I realized that perhaps they're having a terrible day and somebody yelled at them before I even got there. I don't know. And I realized too, that it's not about me. And oftentimes we take it personally. We look at it as they're doing that to me, when in reality, they're just not having a good day and something is bothering them. So how about we turn that around and try to cheer them up a bit? And, you know, again, you were just dropping up so many good gems here. 
There is uh, many excuses any of us could walk around now to find something to feel upset, bothered, offended by, whatever word you want to use, as you have to kind of describe things. But I think it's important to focus on the fact that the positive takes effort. It doesn't take any energy for you to think negatively, for you to be in a bad mood, for you to find what's wrong. This organism, this body, this mind, as old as we think we are and look at our history, this brain is a lot older. So the negative sticks to it like Velcro. You don't have to work very hard because by design, it's always trying to find a threat, trying to figure what's dangerous, what could do it harm. In some cases, it could be words, it could be a perception, it could be many things. But the positive takes effort. And that's the big shoes that I'm wearing, you know, people person like yourself are wearing to bring some sort of happiness. And it's not that things can't happen in life, right? Because it's not that we don't get those little surprises, those good, the great, and the unexpected things that can happen in life, and it can get to us. But we all need some sort of inside, outside influence. Uh, one time I was in uh, Costco. If anybody's never been to Costco, picture like Walmart amplified. You know, you can't just get 10 rolls of paper towels. You'll get 4,000 rolls of paper towels for like 80 bucks. So just something ridiculous where you can't pass up. It was around the holiday time, November, December, um, that time, and which can be an incredibly stressful time for people. I mean, I get it. You know, I have a six-year-old, and I just know it's just come up with the plans. And you and I even talked about this, Marissa, before. What are your holiday plans? What are you going to be doing? It's a lot of stress. So me and my son, we walked into Costco, and we got the oversized cart, and you can just see it. The curmudgeon looks, the frustration, the parents, the kids, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts, everybody. You can just see the tension was there. And I'm thinking, what can I give everyone that would make them smile? And so I'm kind of taking in the stock and inventory of everyone that's there. And they were older. And all of a sudden, I thought of this amazing song sang by Marvin Gaye. And so I knew I couldn't sing the words. So I started whistling one of his greatest hits. It was just a trip watching everybody sing those words as I was whistling. It was like pouring water on a plant in the sun. People just lit up. And you could see grandpa look at grandma and grandma look at grandpa. And you knew what they were thinking. But it just brought people back into an awareness of I could be someone else. I don't have to wear this. Sure, there's frustration, but that's not who I am. And the same way that you, hey, how can I make this person smile? It's not about me. Someone could have yelled at them. The cat could have just died. They could have had just something that we don't know about that's bothering them. And sometimes people aren't even aware of it. But by giving people a place to smile and giving them a place to remember that it's okay to smile and be happy and it's all right, it really brings people closer together versus further apart. Oh my goodness, it sure does. And I do believe too that we need to balance things out. And the way we do that is, to your point, we are so honed in on the bad, which is why when news comes out, it's so sensationalized and it's always talking about terrible things because that's what we're attracted to naturally. We want to defend ourselves. And in order to do that, we need to know what the dangers are. And so we're attracted to that. But then how do we balance it? And the way I do it is I know, for example, that when you're out and about in the day and people that are serving you wherever, it's a tough job. I know that at some point in their day, they're going to get somebody yelling or complaining or doing something terrible and they still go show up and do the job. And so when I see the person struggling or even if they're just doing something nice at some point, I literally put it on my calendar, my phone. And then at night, when things start to calm down, I go to the website and then I'll write a really nice review for that person to say thank you. 
because I know they need that balance. And who doesn't have a couple of minutes to do that? It doesn't take long because, you know, you're sitting there winding down. Maybe you're watching TV or listening to music. You're wrapping the day up. Why not end it with something positive and doing something nice for somebody else? So I kind of like to throw that little habit in there and everybody could have their own. I mean, you could do something different, but I think we need to counterbalance some of that stuff. Yeah, I love what you said about counterbalance. Balance what you see, what you think, and what you do in life. Life is about finding ways that if you're going to work hard, if you're going to be judgmental, if you're going to be critical, you have to balance that out with more of the happy, more of the positive. And it's not about always thinking that nothing's wrong or things don't get to you, but it's about looking at it, man, I can't believe it's raining. Man, I love green grass. Because when you start looking at things from that perspective, it shifts. Yeah, who am I going to become after this? You know, I've worked with so many different couples and they're having some tough circumstances. And on one couple in particular, they felt like it was going to be the end of the world. And when I was talking with them, it was an early on relationship, about two or three years. Not incredibly early, but slightly newer. Both these came out of um, some recent divorces. And one of the things is we talked about was this is when couples really find out who they are. This is when you really find out who you're in bed with, who's there to protect you, who's going to be there through the tough times. And when they looked at it from that perspective, like, wow, this person really does have my back because look at what we're doing. This person really is fighting for a perspective that though I might not agree on it, they are willing to stand here and talk about it, which is a lot of power because who wants to be with someone who's necessarily not going to stand up for something that they believe in? But when they looked at it from that perspective, all of a sudden, them butting heads realized like, wow, we really are like two warriors right now, aren't we? are like, yeah, now what battle are we fighting? The one to stay together, the one to stay apart. They kind of laugh, but when you frame things for what it really is, not what you feel it is in many cases, the truth can come out. Yeah. And the bottom line is, you know who gains even more? You. Because if you get out of yourself and stop being so focused on you and try to make somebody else smile or put something positive back into the world, somehow it just makes your world even better. Yeah. You know, my house where we're huge, huge believers of altruism many years ago. We were poor. I mean, we didn't have any money. We were homeless and things were just really tight growing up. And I will never forget that for whatever reason, we got free tickets to the fair. We barely had gas money to get there, but my mom knew it was important for us to go. And I couldn't have been more than eight, nine, ten, you know, around that age. My sister's a couple years older. And we went to the fair. And I also remember it's the week before school started. We had no school supplies, no school clothes. We were at the fair and some military event called us into the tent and they said, this is for you. And they gave me and my sister a book bag, and we could tell it had something in it. And they said, don't open it now, just open it when you get home. Marissa, I kid you not, it had all of our school supplies, and it had clothes in it. Now, granted, they weren't the right size clothes, but they had a receipt for us to get the right size clothes for us. And I'm bringing that up because it taught me that altruism, people who help you when you don't even realize people are looking out for you, can change the landscape for a person mentally and in terms create more hope. And that was a big turning point for me in my life because I realized that I was being watched over. I got that sense anyway. And altruism really became the brainchild then. And it's what we do every year is we find families, we find persons to give to. We're not allowed to say that it came from us. That's a big rule. And what we do around November time, you know, with Thanksgiving, depending if you celebrate it or not, we find a family from different school systems and we talk to the guidance counselors. Obviously, we don't want details and not asking, but find five or 10 families who are needing. And we just want them to know that people are looking out for them. And we buy Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, they prepared on everything. We just try to make sure we facilitate all the ingredients, but they're not allowed to know that it's us at all. 
because that's a role. We don't give to give for people to say, oh, we gay. No, give to let people know there's people out there who care about you. With people seeing things like that and knowing that someone cares about it, knowing that someone took the time to write a review for them, those things show up in such a big way for people, you just have no idea. Exactly. And to your point, Vernon, I think that we overthink it sometimes and we think, oh, I got to go through all that, right? I, where do I go to get the meal and who do I talk to to do this and that or the other? It doesn't take much. It's an act of kindness, a thoughtful thing. I heard some people saying that they leave little hearts in places you would never expect, little sewn hearts that they put around with a little note and somebody can just pick them up. And it has a nice little message in there. And it's just a surprise. You know, it doesn't take much, but I think we all have to do our part to try and brighten the world rather than complain about it and talk about how terrible it is. Because yeah, there's always going to be bad stuff happening. But I think if we put out more good, we're going to get more good. Yeah. For me, it's recognizing what you give back in this world is not necessarily how it's going to be returned to you, but it will be returned to you. Exactly. Without expectation, it will just happen. It's almost like a boomerang. And because so many people are focused on the things that they're worried about or the things that are not going so well, when those positive things come to light, it just shines brighter than anything you can imagine. It just makes your day. The simple things. Vernon, tell us how people learn more about you. What exactly do you do to help people and how can they reach out to you and find out about how you help? Thank you for asking me this question. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. And the big message is always awakening people. Even if you just hear what I have to say, but to find another way of being than what you currently are. Many things that you've learned just need to be unlearned in some cases, because let's just say you don't like certain things about yourself. It's just a habit. That's all it is. And we just need to unlearn it. And a large aspect of what I do is I'm not an archaeologist. I'm an architect. And it's about creating what you want, what your happy is, not your aunt, not your husband, not your cousins. It's your happy and using that as an energy source to create the lifestyle that you want to lead. Because many times, you know, you'll ask people that they want to be this, they want to be that. And honestly, and what we even started out with, it's about being happy. And you can even see that in a work place right now with what they call a great resignation, because so many people are really focused on this doesn't make me happy. Well, what does? And that's what we figure out. What's your happy and how can we start leveraging it to create more, a stronger relationship, more income, start that business, go after and get that partner that you want and create another plan with that. So you can find me on whatsyourhappy.com and it's happy with an I. H-A-P-P-I, where you can just learn about what I'm doing. And also you can just kind of see up-to-date posts. And another project that I'm working on that's honestly, technically I really shouldn't say it because I'm literally launching it right now, but it's Own Your Happy. And this is my happiness course. This is what I've been doing for the last eight years. And I've taken everything and I put it into a structure that can apply to you in terms of one of the big things is confidence. Like people might say, you know, go be yourself. That doesn't mean anything to people, right? Because they're like, oh, if I knew how to be myself, I would do that. But it gives you the steps that you need to do and that you can take personally, and I guide you along, with getting more confidence, with understanding really your purpose, with getting you into your happy, which create and also teach you how to do boundaries. But you can find lots of information about that on ownyourhappy.com. H-A-P-P-I is how you spell happy. I think that it's important to remember that we all have a role to play in this world. We can't share happiness with other people if we're not happy. So I believe it starts with us. 
We have to try and be the best version of ourselves. And it sounds to me like that's what you do. You help people discover themselves and figure out what that path is. And then when we get to that place, we're then able to help others even more. So thank you so much for sharing this, Vernon. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That's a wrap for this episode of Live Blissed Out. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Vernon Brown for joining us on the show. If you have a question or comment for a future episode, all you have to do is go to speakpipe.com forward slash L-B-O-V-M or click the link in the show notes to leave a brief audio message. If you find value in our show, please visit liveblissedout.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. So long for now, and remember to keep moving forward.